temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, April the 13th, as we come to you off a boring loss of a night of a Phillies game. Really nothing to write home about last night as the Phillies get shot out by Tyler McGill and the New York Mets staff. A 2 to nothing loss for the Phillies. Really just a quick, boring baseball game. You know, it really was. It was like not much to wrap your head around last night. A, a standing ovation, maybe the biggest story of the night. We'll get to that. But look, you know, the, the, the bats have been pretty cold the last couple days. You know, obviously came through with that big five-run eighth inning two nights ago against the Mets. But outside of that... You know, 17 out of 18 innings against the Mets, they've not scored any runs, and that's frustrating. It is a frustrating thing to watch, obviously. Um, You know, this is a team that's built on runs and hits and, you know, all the good stuff, and and, uh, so far not so good, but, you know, that's baseball. You know, I think that that we forget every year, and maybe not the people listening to this show, because we are the, the diehards, the true blues, as they say, but... I think that um, in a more macro sense, I think people, you know, kind of uh, baseball season comes around and we kind of forget what a what a long season it is, <laughs> what a what a marathon of a season we get ourselves into, and it is such a there's such a propensity to want to overreact to every single game, and it, I do, you know, hand up, I'm here, I do, and, you know, even though I know, I still. I'm like, why are we scoring runs? What's wrong with the offense? Rah! But then, of course, you know, you step back and you say, wait a minute. You know, it's a long season. We're three and two. It's okay. <laughs> it's cool. Big one today, Nola for Scherzer. Let's take that one and we'll feel real good. Um, but it is, uh, it is a reminder. And I know this is going to happen probably multiple times over the course of the first few months of this season. But um, I always, I've said on this show and many other places many times, I really try and not get too bogged down with any uh, standings or stats or anything until June. So we're not at June. We got some time to go before June. Even then, it might be a little early to do that. You know, if you had uh, tried to make any long-term projections on June 1st last year, I doubt you would have had the Atlanta Braves win the World Series. So, you know, a lot can change. A lot does change. And it is going to be a long season, and this team will hit. I'm not at all concerned about the offense. Obviously, some guys are struggling out of the gate. Bryce Harper, chief among them. Harper has just been unable to get anything going. It is uh, you know, strange after that just 
mammoth spring that Bryce Harper had where he seemed so unbelievably locked in just seeing the ball like a a beach ball coming up to the plate every time and yet um season starts and, and just kind of doesn't have it. Uh, he's batting 111 on the season. Kyle Schwarber's batting 111 on the season. Um, JT's batting 235, DD 200, Stodd 200, you know. Um, Veerling, yet to get a hit. Needs hit the ball hard a fair amount of times, but still yet to get a hit this season. Really, it's been like Rees. JT has had some hits the last few games, um, but it's been like Rees and Bohm when he's playing, and Castellanos is doing all right. Castellanos, some 263, but again, it's five games, you know, but um, some guys are struggling out of the gate, uh, and and to be expected, it's not crazy. In fact, you, know, you have to be, honestly, on the uh, when you look at it from a, a, a you know, kind of a 300, 3,000, 30,000 view, <laughs> it's one of those. Um, you know, the pitching's been pretty good. You got to feel really good, actually, about where the bullpen's been. I mean, we've seen some dynamite outings from guys. Nick Nelson, last night, Christopher Sanchez. Kept in a little too long, but good. I think, you know, what you've seen from Joe Girardi has been less good. My man just doesn't seem to um, feel the immediacy of certain games and it seems to be willing to just kind of save some arms and ride guys out and all that. Well, we can get into some Girardi stuff. But ultimately, um, not at all concerned. It's the start of the season. We've had hot starts before. It's almost better to ease ourselves into it. But it is interesting, uh, Bryce particularly, uh, you know, just – Really, that spring training was so locked in. And again, how many times do I say it? And then I, and then sometimes I'll even not listen to my own advice. But don't don't get too wrapped up in spring training. It, it really doesn't mean that much. Um, you know, the regular season matters. And and look, I think Bryce Harper is going to be awesome. I still think he's going to be an MVP candidate. Um, it's just a slow start. It happens. It's five games. It's five games. And again, you know, we have a a want and a tendency to to freak out about it. It's been cold. Yesterday was actually pretty nice. So. Can't use the cold as a factor yesterday. The night before, you could use the cold as a factor. Yesterday, they just didn't show up. The offense just didn't show up against a good pitcher. Tommy Gill's a good pitcher. Mets bullpen did a nice job. Philly's really unable to get anything going. Almost started to rally late. Castellanos, a double, and and they just couldn't really get anything going around him. Um, and, and and it was frustrating. Obviously, you're only down two runs. You're down one run for most of the game, then two. Um, you know, frustrating not to be able to ratchet it up and score a couple runs. Zach Wheeler, a, a pretty nice outing considering what we were expecting from Wheeler. You know, the the no, the shoulder stuff, the no, you know, real starts during spring training, all that ends up going four and two-thirds, gives up one run, three strikeouts left in the game. Just a touch too long. Four and two-thirds, he's about to go five, and then Brandon Nimmo goes yard. Um, I got to hate Brandon Nimmo. Is there a player we hate more than Brandon Nimmo as Phillies fans? There is, but God, he's annoying. Uh, you know, we all know the running down to first base and the walks. It's like, all right, try hard. We get it, pal. But then sprinting around the bases after a home run. I, I just, I can't stand Brandon Nimmo. I, I'm, I'm ecstatic for the day this guy is no longer a Met. I just, he drives me crazy, but... Wheeler, four, ultimately in the end, four and two-thirds, two hits, one run, one walk, three strikeouts. You'll take that. Wheeler, you know, considering what we're expecting from him to start the season, considering where we thought he was at from a shoulder perspective and all that, I think he's pretty good. You know, it's all right. Nice outing from Wheeler. I think, honestly, coming out of last night, if you have to say what's the single most important thing that happened in last night's baseball game, 
it's Zach Wheeler looking good and going four and two thirds. That's the best thing that happened. That is the number because again, as we talked about coming in the season so many times, that you know the the optimism that we feel for this team is is rooted in a number of things, but one of them being Zach Wheeler. You know, Zach Wheeler is such an important part of this team. He is the flat out ace. He's the one guy you really feel like you can count on in the biggest of spots at all times. So they need Wheeler, and and seeing Wheeler after the whole shoulder thing looking really good last night again, you know, ultimately kind of petered out at the end and gave up the one run. Wouldn't have mattered if he gave up any, eventually, as long as the bullpen gave up one because the offense had scored already, so, you know, whatever. But it was nice to see Wheeler come out and and deal and and look good against a solid Mets lineup. Granted, it's not looked super solid against the Phillies, but it is a solid Mets lineup. So I think you feel good. I think last night is a, a more positive than negative. The biggest thing to come out of last night, Zach Wheeler looked pretty good. Phillies, ultimately, again, the, the other story of the night, unable to get it done offensively. The bullpen was solid, you know, uh, not horrible. Christopher Sanchez gives up one run and two and a third, uh, two and two thirds, two walks, no hits. You know, not a bad outing for Christopher Sanchez. Coming in, you know, just kind of as the long man or semi-long man after Wheeler, you know, he wasn't bad. I think that Girardi, though, has a tendency, and we saw it with Nick Nelson, too, the night before. Nick Nelson was even better, but to bring these long guys in and be like, I can get more outs, I can get more outs from these guys, I can get more outs, and if he had kept it a one nothing game, who knows? They didn't score anyway, so it didn't matter, but I do blame that second run on Girardi. The night before, I do blame that fourth run on Girardi. You know, I, I think that... It's not the end of the world, but, you know, he does have a tendency to when you're down to kind of being like, ah, maybe not our day. And it's like, Joe, keep it tight. I did like the use Familia in the ninth. That was good to see. Um, pitch well. Familia looked good. Two strikeouts in the inning. Connor Brogdon came in, gave up a hit, uh, which ultimately allowed the run, but um, otherwise was was okay. Look, I think that, you know, you come out of these, these games against the Mets and you're feeling good about the bullpen. For the most part. Um, in fact, you know, all season long, we really have not seen a horrendous showing from the bullpen. You know, the last two games they've lost because of the offense. You know, the, the, their two losses have come because the offense hasn't shown up. I mean, this team is yet to give up, what, more than five runs in a baseball game this season. And, and it's been four mostly or, or one or two, whatever, you know. So this um, the pitching's been really good. I think you come out of the, the first turn through the rotation feeling good. You know, Ranger was struggling, but he's not there yet. I, I'm I'm still, I still believe in Ranger. We obviously saw Kyle Gibson look like Cy Gibson. Just unbelievable showing from, from Kyle, right? Um, the opener. I thought Eflin pitched well until he petered out classic Eflin, or classic Nola, I mean. Um, a big one today. We'll get to today's matchup with Nola Scherzer. That is monumental for an early season matchup to start the season. Um, but Eflin, you know, goes goes four shutout, looked okay. You know, a lot of these guys, again, Gibson really the only one who went super deep. Nola went relatively deep. Otherwise, it's been short starts from these guys. And the bullpen has picked him up. The bullpen's picked him up. Nick Nelson, a brilliant outing. And, and as big a reason they won the game the other night as anyone. Christopher Sanchez, good enough last night. You know, you get two and two-thirds, one run from Christopher Sanchez. You, you feel like that's a quality outing. For Christopher Sanchez, you're okay with that. And again, I think that if the and again, look, it seems like pitching is is dominating right now around baseball. Um, for the most part, it's been way more pitching success than offensive success. There are a lot of teams that are still batting around the Mendoza line and all that. The Phillies right around there as well. So um, you know, I think that 
you know, we're seeing that as, as, as trends so far in the season. That'll change. Ultimately, uh, you know, I think this Phillies offense is going to hit. I'm not concerned about this Phillies offense figuring it out offensively and being able to rake and being able to score runs and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm not at all concerned about that. I feel really good about how the pitching's been. You know, I think you do take out of these first few games that the pitching's been good. Girardi concerns me. You know, if we're going to get into stuff that before the season was concerning that so far has been concerning, Girardi's right there. I think he left Nola in too long on opening day. I think he has had a uh, propensity, as we talked about, to leave bullpen guys in too long. I think two nights ago, he made a mistake starting Alec Bohm over Bryson Stott in that matchup with Ranger Suarez on the hill against a right-handed pitcher. You know, there, there's a number of things where, you know, just kind of going through the first, it, it just, it doesn't feel like Joe Girardi has a great handle on how to be a baseball manager. I know. I know. He's been a manager for a long time. He won a World Series as a manager. I, I get it. But the Joe Girardi we've seen in the, you know, a little over two years now that we've had him here in Philly has been a disappointment. To me, and and ultimately, I don't think managers cost you too many games or win you too many games. We've talked about this before. Maybe it's five on the high end and five on the low end, but I think Girardi's definitely on the low end. You know, I think he is a below average major league baseball manager at best. He's average, and I think we keep seeing the the results of that. You know, I think he is continues to make decisions again, and they're on the margins. This is not, you know, again, this team this team did not win last night because they didn't hit. You know, that it's that simple. You know, Joe Girardi did not lose the baseball game last night. They didn't win because they didn't hit. And particularly, the top of the lineup isn't hitting. Kyle Schwarber didn't hit last night. Bryce Harper didn't hit last night. You know, that's the reason they lost the game. The big dudes aren't hitting. And that's okay. Again, that's going to happen. We're five games into a season. Bryce Harper goes four for four today. He's batting 300. You know what I mean? Like, over 300. So, you know, let's not worry too much about this. It is still super early. But the offense is the reason they've lost these games that they've lost. The two games they've lost has been they've scored two, or excuse me, one run and no runs. That's why they lost, flat out. But that doesn't mean I'm not concerned about Girardi. In fact, if I were to say what am I most concerned about after the first five games, it'd be Joe Girardi. I think he's the biggest flaw on this team right now. And we'll see that the pitching holds up. We'll see that the bullpen continues to pitch well. Because, again, the bullpen's been pretty damn good. You know, and Corey Knable goes on the COVID list. That's not ideal. Hopefully he gets back soon. But what we saw from Knable was awesome. What we've seen from Sir Anthony has been very encouraging. What we've seen from Brad Hand looked really good. Nick Nelson, Christopher Sanchez. I mean, these guys are getting outs. Familias look good so far. You know, so I think you feel good about what we've seen from this bullpen and the potential that this bullpen shows and really the ability for them to throw hard, you know, which is a important part of the game, and, and offensively, they'll, they'll be okay. They'll be fine. You know, if this team doesn't hit, then what a crazy season this is going to end up being because it is about the least, that would be the most shocking thing that could happen with this team. I think they're going to hit. I'm not too concerned about it. I feel good about the potential for this team to figure it out from an offensive perspective, but I'm definitely concerned about Girardi, especially if we are talking about, you know, again, I don't think a manager makes or breaks the season, but if you lose the division by two games and you can point to four games that the manager lost for you. That That's concerning. You know, it's frustrating. It's something to worry about. And again, I, I'm not over the moon worried about Girardi, but I think Girardi's been bad so far. I want to uh, look ahead to the month ahead. You know, we kind of quickly rambled through the schedule yesterday. We haven't really taken a deep look at, at the month of April, you know, the, the next few weeks that this team has. Um, but first, the, the biggest story to come out of last night, other than the loss, um, 
you know, we talked a lot in yesterday's show and as a city yesterday about the Alec Boehm, I bleep and hate this place comment and him owning it and, you know, taking it on the chin and not trying to step around it again. He could have easily said, you guys read my lips wrong. I didn't say that. I said, I hate these plays or whatever. You know, he had outs. He had ways that he could have not taken the, uh, the direct route to, uh, to taking responsibility for it. But he didn't. He took it. He took it on the chin. He owned up to it. And and that's why yesterday, you know, I said I, I respect how he handled it. Again, I don't love that his first thought after making these errors is, you know, I hate you, Philly. Way to go, Philly. Like, it should be, God, I, I bleep and hate myself tonight is what he should have said because, you know, those are on you, pal. But to own it the way he did, he's a young kid, he's 23, he's going through it, you know, he's had one of the worst professional nights of his life, except from a, from a defensive perspective, certainly, in front of a lot of people in Major League Baseball, like, I get it, I get it, It's it can get to someone, so, you know, I'm not going to kill the kid for it, but um, I don't love that that was his response, but I do love the way he owned it and the way he, you know, took accountability for himself. I mean, how many times have we talked the last few years about players in this city not taking accountability for their actions? You know, the two biggest culprits, the two biggest enemies, certainly one biggest enemy, Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz are, are perfect examples of this. Of guys who were here, who were superstars here, all that stuff, and just never took accountability for their actions, for their roles in their downfall in this city. It was always someone else's fault, someone else's plan, whatever. You know, it was never... It was never on them. Alec Bohm, in the moment, got caught saying something where you have an entire city hating him, and he owned it. And I respect that. I respect that he, as a kid like that, had the, the chutzpah to come out and say, yeah, I said it. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. I was emotional. You know, my bad. Good for you. Again, I don't love that he said it. I don't love the whole situation, but good for you, Alec. And last night... Philadelphia fans showed Alec Bohm why no one should hate this place. You know, unless you're not going to take accountability, unless you're going to be a Ben Simmons, you shouldn't hate playing in Philly. Alec Bohm comes up to pinch it in the eighth inning and he gets a standing ovation from the Philadelphia Phillies crowd. And it wasn't a uh, golf clap, uh, uh, another Bronx cheer type of thing. It was a true blue respect that you took accountability for your actions type of standing ovation. And it was awesome. It was awesome. It's just another example of why this city is the absolute best when it comes to fans. And you know what? I get it that there are certain players who are, who are not made for this city, who are not built to handle it. I get it. It's a shame. It's a shame for those players. Um, and ultimately, you know, it does, it's a shame for us when it becomes a Ben Simmons situation or whatever. But, you know, for the guys who get it, for the guys who are willing to take the lumps and take the accountability, no city's going to love you more when you win, man. No city is going to have your back more if you're, if you're real with us. You know, there's no city that is as passionate, no city that cares like we do. And last night we showed it. I was so proud to be a Phillies fan last night. I really was. I was proud when he stepped up to the plate. He announced his name and the standing ovation and the reaction from the announcers and the whole thing. Like, it was an awesome moment. It was an awesome moment to watch. It really was. 
And it just made me happy. It made me happy with, with the, the narrative that always surrounds us as a fan base that is so wrong and so not true. And look, yes, can we, do we have our issues? Sure. Do all fan bases have their issues? Sure. Are we always you know, the best? Do we always handle things right? No, of course not. You know, I get it. We're, we're fans and we are wild, passionate fans. But the narrative is usually wrong about us. And last night we showed why. Last night we showed that, you know, if you're willing to be a man and take accountability and stand up for your actions, that we're going to love you even if you say you bleeping hate us. You know? You hate us. We're still going to have your back. And that was, a, I think, a beautiful thing. I really do. I think it was a beautiful thing. And I hope it's, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure it won't be because, you know, Whatever, but I think I think it should be a lesson for a lot of players and a lot of people that, hey, you know, we, we're we're not asking you, you know, we're not asking anything unreasonable from you. We just want you to 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 try your hardest and to take accountability. And that's it. Not hard, honestly. I think a very fair and reasonable ask from your professional sports teams, the ones that we pay our money to go see, the ones that we, you know, root for for generations and generations where. My parents and grandparents are Phillies fans and my daughter is going to be a Phillies fan and her kids are going to be Phillies fans. And that's the way it works, you know, and, and, um, you know, it was just nice to see on a national stage as well as the local stage, you know, kind of just Philly fans showing how great they can be and how great they really are. And I hope it's a lesson to a lot of the athletes out there who are, you know, you know, who maybe, um, Maybe don't, you know, understand what Philly is and why it's so great. So shout out to the fans last night. Shout out to Hogbum. That was a really, really cool situation. All right, let's look ahead as there is um, a big month of baseball coming up. And, you know, you know my, my saying, right? I've said this every year. I always say it. Uh, I don't think you can win it all in April, but I think you can lose it all in April. You know, and, and uh, you know, a, a tough start is tough to come back from. You know, a slow start baseball, it's a long season. But when you dig yourself a big hole, it's tough. Um, and obviously, so far, so good. Three and two is fine. Um, but it is an important month of baseball today. Obviously, as we mentioned, a massive matchup. Nola versus Scherzer. That should be a really fun one down there. You hope that Nola can step up to the challenge and match Scherzer and, and kind of be able to go a little deeper without kind of falling apart. Tomorrow, we start a series in Miami, the first road series of the season, a four-gamer in Miami, Kyle Gibson. Cy Gibson against Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara is nasty. He's good. Uh, Friday's game, Zach Eflin against Pablo Lopez. Another fun one. The, the Marlins have good pitching, man. All these guys are good. Uh, Saturday, Ranger Suarez against Taylor Rogers. Uh, excuse me, Trevor Rogers on Saturday. And then uh, on Sunday, the 140 starts Zach Wheeler back on the hill against Hernandez. Um, so uh, important series in Miami in that I think Miami is a bit of an upstart team comparatively. They're better than the Nationals. They're not the worst team in the division anymore. Um, and the Phillies, you know. We know House of Horrors in Miami has never been great. So, um, so to see the Phillies in, early in the season go handle some Miami business, I think would be beneficial for all Phillies fans. After that, head out to Car- to Colorado. Speaking of House of Horrors, three game stretch in Colorado um, again. So this is part of thirteen days to start the season. The Phillies will not have their first off day until a week from tomorrow. Um, so that three game series in Colorado, their first off day, then they come home for three against the Brewers. The Brewers are tough. Brewers have good pitching, so that should be a fun series. Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. Then Colorado comes to town for a four-game series. That's a big one. Monday, Tuesday, 
Wednesday, Thursday of the uh, end of April there, the 25th through the 28th, as the Rockies, again, are a very beatable team. And then we finish out the month in New York against the Mets, a three-game series in the New York against the Mets. So um, they have three against the Mets there. Then uh, as we move into May, it's a two-game series at home against Texas, who stinks. That's great. And then a, th- uh, a four-game series at home against the Mets. So the Phillies will play 10 games in their first 29 games. Against the New York Mets. Like, that's massive. Not only as a team they are competing against, but also no Jacob DeGrom, which is really huge for those games. But um, 10 games against the Mets early, you'll get that going. And then after that, the schedule toughens up. The rest of May, May is, um, you know, when you kind of just peruse the schedule and you know we'll be going through the schedule um, at many points throughout the season, taking a look as we kind of just analyze and see where they're headed and see what games are coming up and all that. If you just look through the schedule just as a glance, you know, going through, the month of May is without a doubt the Phillies' toughest month of the season. The month of May is is real. It's going to get real in May. You know, they got the Dodgers. They got the Padres. They got the Dodgers again. They got the Braves. They got the Giants at the end of the month. It is a tough month. So um, that's why I think now with some some winnable games with the Rockies and, you know, 10 against the Mets and, you know, the Marlins on the schedule, you got to take advantage early because you don't want to get into the month of May and, and be coming from behind because month of May is real deal. It's going to be serious. So um, we'll dive into that more. We'll preview the schedule, you know, as, as we move along, obviously. And, um, and of course, um, tomorrow we will react to this massive Nola Scherzer one, a really big one today down at the ballpark. Let's see if Nola can step up and Matt's match Scherzer because it'd be nice to take a series win. You know, this would be a good series to win before you head down to Miami um, and could be four and two and, and feeling really good. So it's a big one today and, and you can get to Scherzer. So, We'll see. It's a big one. No matter what happens, we'll be back to react to it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.